0: Welcome to my sermon archives. For more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, visit www.pastordavidwenz.com That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I pray God speaks to you as you listen. We are in the third of our sermons looking at the pictures of the church that we find in the Bible. We looked a couple of weeks ago at the church as a gathering of saints. Last week we looked at the church as the family of God. And today we are looking at the church as the body of Christ. These are all kind of in preparation for jogging our thinking as we come together for the planning breakfast and as we prepare ahead of time for that, praying and thinking about what God wants to do in us and through us and write on the cards and, and put them back there so we can talk about it. So today, the body of Christ. And let's start with our key verse found in your bulletins. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of 1 Corinthians 12, 27. What is a body? Most of us have a pretty good idea of what our body is. That's the part of us that everybody can see. It's the part that we can feel. It's the part that gets hungry. There are a number of things that a body does. And what I'd like to do this morning is look at what Paul might have had in mind when he wrote both here in 1 Corinthians and in Romans about the analogy of the church as the body of Christ. So, a body... First thing that came to my mind is that a body lives. Now, there are dead bodies, obviously, but we're talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about Jesus' body, and Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive, and so therefore, his body is alive. So we're not going to consider dead bodies, although it's possible for individual parts of the body of Christ, to lose their life and to at least go into a coma, it seems like, some churches, some some, uh, groups of Christians. But we're looking at what God means for it, what He wants it to be. There are dead bodies, but Jesus is alive, so His body is alive. Now, being alive, as we all know, is a temporary condition. It's a temporary condition, at least physically, for the body to be alive, this earthly body. The Bible is clear that those who accept Jesus as Lord and Savior become new creatures, and when we die from this earthly body, we will receive a new resurrection body and be like Jesus in heaven, and praise the Lord for that. And that, I think, in that sense what they call the church triumphant, those Christians who have already triumphed over this life and gone on to heaven, are the body of Christ in that sense, perhaps, although Jesus is in heaven with a body as well, a resurrection body. But down here on earth, in this earthly life, both as individuals in our bodies and as churches, individual local churches, Being alive is a temporary condition and there are certain things we have to do to make sure that it continues. We have to breathe. If you stop breathing, it's hard to stay alive for very long. What is the breath of the church? In the beginning, when God created human beings, He breathed life into them. It's interesting that in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is one word in the Old Testament. It's ruach in Hebrew. And in the New Testament, it's pneuma in Greek. And both of those have triple meanings. Wind, breath, or spirit. And so we stay alive as the church by breathing the Spirit of God. We stay alive by the power of the Holy Spirit who is in us, who is represented by various different figures in the Bible, but one of them being air or breath or spirit. We need to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. We need to be careful, as the Bible says, not to quench the Holy Spirit, not to grieve the Holy Spirit. But you need to do more than just breathe to stay alive. You need to eat. And the word that we eat, anybody remember what Jesus said to the devil when the devil tempted him in the desert and said, if you're really the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus had been fasting 40 days. That was a powerful temptation. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. So the word of God, the Bible, we eat, we feed our souls, we feed our communal existence as a church from the Bible. And we stay alive by staying rooted in Christ. Shifting the analogy a little bit, Jesus talked about Himself as the vine dresser and us as the vine, and we needing to stay, or, and the Father is the vine dresser, and Jesus is the vine, and we needing to stay rooted in Him, abiding in Christ. So, our life as individuals and as a church comes from staying rooted in Christ, staying alive to the Holy Spirit, consuming and digesting, meditating, thinking about, and then acting on the Word of God. That keeps us alive. But a body is for more than just existing in a living state. A body grows we had some people up here at the front just a few minutes ago who were not as big as most of us they're still growing they're getting bigger but their bodies are growing and that's a very natural and wonderful blessing of the Lord a body grows and so the church is supposed to grow by adding more people, inviting more people, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. But we don't just grow in size, a body grows in maturity. Different things happen as we mature. As you mature, your hair turns gray. It might start to fall out. Various different kinds of things happen. You see, as, as I've gotten older, my definition of mature has changed a little bit. As you mature, you need to start carrying three pairs of glasses around with you. But we mature as a church. Ephesians 4 says that we are to mature, the church is to carry on until we all attain to the full measure of the stature of the maturity of Christ. Until every one of us becomes like Jesus and the church as a whole becomes a reflection of Christ and of the kingdom of God. And we call that maturing process discipleship. So as a church, if we remain at the nursery level, we've gotten saved, we, we understand a little bit about Christ and we know what it is to be saved and we become baby Christians and then we just stay there, and we don't grow and we don't develop and and increase in our strength of faith and in our ability to know and do the things God wants us to do, then we're not a healthy body because a healthy body grows in size and it grows in maturity. A healthy body reproduces. The Bible talks about entrusting these truths to those who can entrust them to others, who can then presumably entrust them to others and to others, teaching and preparing the next generations. That's one means of reproduction. It's been said that the church is always one generation away from extinction. But another way that the church reproduces is as local churches, local congregations like individual bodies have life cycles. They grow and they mature and then they get old and then unless something is done very often, then they begin to decline and eventually die. And that has happened throughout history to local congregations and to denominations and to all kinds of things. And so the way around that is by reproduction of churches, planting churches, supporting new churches locally and around the world. A body interacts with other bodies. A body works as a church with other churches. We talk about The fact that there is just one church in Eminence, it meets in different places, has different emphases, likes different kinds of music, the various different varieties of bluegrass that the different churches like, and, uh, and various other kinds, but we work together. We are part of a denomination that is worldwide, that works together. And our denomination works with other denominations and with other churches. A body interacts with others. A body that is isolated and doesn't interact. Anybody that never interacts with another human being by most measures is considered not to be healthy. So we need to interact. We need to work together. And the last thing that comes to my mind, is that a body does work. A body accomplishes things. And I'm using the technical and maybe uh, the physics definition of work, which is moving something, exercising a force to to move something from one place to another. Whether it's a work of Speaking that moves somebody's mindset, or whether it's, if if I want to pick this Bible up and hold it to you as an illustration, my body has to do that. Work is involved in fighting gravity to pick this up two and a half feet and wave it in front of you. Energy is expended. It's done through my body. When we talk about the church as the body of Christ, that's the part that speaks most to me. Because God could just do anything that He wanted to do just by speaking. I mean, He's adequately demonstrated that by speaking the universe into existence. But He has chosen to use us in this world to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish. Jesus is the head, but he uses his body to do things. Whether he uses us as his mouth to speak, or his hands to serve, or his feet to go, he uses us to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in the world, which is what has been, uh, what what uh, Bill Johnson calls Jesus' vision statement from the, the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you've heard me say, things on earth are not the way they are in heaven. God's will is always done in heaven, so Wherever earth is different from heaven, that's a place where God's will is not yet being done. And that's a call to action for the church to move in and set things right. And that's where we came up with that statement in the the purpose of this church to the, the part of that mission statement to make eminence more like heaven. Our first reading talked about some of the special abilities that God has set in the church to help accomplish this. In your own body, in your physical human body, you have abilities like eyesight to see, ears to hear, uh, a mouth to speak, some of the spiritual gifts are similar. Uh, Eyesight to see what God is doing and speak it forth uh, prophetically. Ears to hear what the Lord is saying and and share that with others. Hands to, to do things. God has put some of these special abilities in the church. And I am going to just very briefly run through it this is I have to warn you this is one of my favorite topics in the Bible and I could just go on and on with these but I'm going to try real hard not to. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but they the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service but we serve the same Lord God works in different ways. But it's the same God who does the work in all of us. And I, along with uh, some others, believe that that is kind of a, uh, a summation of three different categories of what are known as spiritual gifts. The ones we're born with that come from our Father that are listed in Romans 12. The ones that come from the Lord Jesus as gifts to the church that are listed in Ephesians 4. And these that come from the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gift is given in verse 7 to each one of us so we can help each other. Now, notice a couple of things about that statement. Several things about that statement. First, it's a gift. It's given. It's not earned. It's not something you can buy. It's given to each of us. Each one of us can be the recipient, can be the one that God chooses to use a spiritual gift through. And they are given so we can help each other. They're given not for our own purpose, not to make us look better, not to make us feel superior, that actually was one of the biggest problems in the church in Corinth, and what Paul was addressing in this letter, and especially in the second reading, is because some of the Corinthian Christians had the idea, and some of it was a carryover from their pagan religious ideas, but had the idea that certain Things that you did in church, or things that you could do, made you spiritually superior to the others in the church. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. That's not the case. God gives them to you. And they are for each of us to help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. The more literal wording is a, a word of wisdom. To another, a word of knowledge. To another, faith. Gifts of faith, it literally says. To another, gifts of healings. And they're in plural in the original. Gives another power to perform miracles. Another, the ability to prophesy. Another the gift of discernment, another uh, speaking in tongues, and another interpretation of tongues. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. Now, it's important to know that these are not gifts that you just have and can do any time. The Romans 12 gifts, those are the ones you're born with. If you're born with a gift of teaching... You can teach anybody anything, anytime. Really good teachers can even teach people how to do things they don't know how to do themselves. But these, and nobody has a gift of healing such that they can just say, I think I'm going to go down to West Plains and clear out the hospital today. Nobody can do that. These gifts are ones that the Holy Spirit Temporarily puts on a person, whoever he can find who is available and ready and willing to meet a specific need. And so they go in different ways on different times, different people. I've experienced all of these at various different times. But the point of all of it is these are things that God has given to the church to carry out his vision to do his work in the body in in the community the whole second reading is about unity and not thinking we're superior and praise the lord i don't feel like i have to preach on that one to you all because i just i love the 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 unity spirit that that you all have together but my point is That as a body, God has plans for Eminence United Methodist Church. Nobody's here by accident. I said it before, I'll say it again. God has gathered this group of people. This group of people. You all. Us all. God has us here in this place, in this building, at this time, this morning. February of 2020, because he has something in mind, God is up to something, and he wants us to be a part of it. As a body of Christ, God wants us, Eminence United Methodist Church, to grow in maturity, to become more and more like him. More and more, as we'll be seeing in future weeks, a picture of the kingdom of God. He wants us to grow in size. Uh, as a church, not necessarily individually. I think I've grown in size more than I need to sometimes. But, individ- uh, but as a church, He wants us to grow. He wants us to reach and teach the next generation. He wants us to support new churches, here and around the world. He wants us to work with the rest of the Church of Eminence and around the world. He wants us to help each other discover our special abilities or spiritual gifts and develop them and use them to advance God's kingdom, to make Eminence and Missouri and the United States and the world more like heaven. And He wants us to continue to resist the temptation to feel superior to other churches, or congregations, or church members. And so I ask you to pray about these things. Continue to pray. I think we still have in the back someplace... Those blue sheets, I think they're blue sheets that list ideas of how to pray for this congregation. If you never got one or if you lost yours, pick one up. Anybody know where those are? Are they on the, the lectern out there? I think. Pray and work toward this, work towards growing and maturity, work towards all of these other things uh, individually through prayer time, Bible time, service, uh, and coming together, things like the Wednesday group and so on. Pray and work and fill out those cards with the ideas that come to you as you pray and work. Don't just say, this might just be me, because there is no just me. You're an important and necessary part of this body. So fill out the cards and come to the breakfast and share your ideas. And we'll find out and move toward what God has for us as the body of Christ. Let's say together our key verse one more time. 1 Corinthians 12.27 All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. First Corinthians twelve twenty-seven arise, oh God, arise oh God, to your resting place. Thank you for listening to this sermon, and I pray it blessed you. Again, I'm Pastor David Wentz. And for more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, please visit www.PastorDavidWentz.com. That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. May God bless you as we do Christianity together. See you next time.